Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. The amazing love of our Father this morning. How many know we have an amazing Father? I know that on a day like this, there's all kinds of emotions all across this place. There's lots of different emotions, and I've always realized that. Some, some people never knew their dad. We have lots of guys in this church who, who never knew their dad. We have guys in this church, who, and I'm speaking to the dads today, women as well, who never had a great relationship with their dads. Some dads have gone on to be with the Lord. There's some where there's a strange relationship. There's all kinds of different emotions. Uh, today's an amazing day for me because I have my dad alive. My dad loves the Lord. He's been an amazing example in my life. He's watching online right now, our Pastor Andrew, same man with my wife, with my mother. Uh, and then I'm, I'm a dad, and I have the two most amazing girls, and now two amazing son-in-laws, sons in love. And, and, and now I'm a grandpa. So it's a, a wonderful day of emotions for me. But I understand that there's a lot of highs and lows on a day like this. But the thing that we can always know is that no matter what our situation is, we have a Father in heaven who is perfect. And loves us this morning with a love that we'll never even be able to understand. Amen. That's why I use that word amazing. You can use the word awesome. You can put whatever verb you want to put there uh, to, to put for the love of the Father. But I want to talk about him a little bit this morning. But as I said a minute ago, it's so important. I hope you guys realize how important it is, especially in today's society, to have a church where there are men who are being the men that they need to be in, in the house of God. Amen. Leaders, we, we, are, we work hard and strong on Friday mornings at our discipleship to form men, to train men, to talk about character and, and integrity. It was really neat. I didn't say this in the first service, but this uh, last Friday, um, we've really grown on our discipleships in the morning at 5.30. And we usually have at least 20 guys that show up at 5.30 in the morning for our discipleship. And we've been having that for several months. And we had about that number this last Friday. And Thursday night, I sent out a text, and I just said, guys, I want you to bring a verse. Just come with a verse that talks about being a dad and just share a little something. We went around that table, and I'll tell you how amazing the Holy Spirit is. We went around that table, and as we went around, not one verse repeated itself. Twenty guys with twenty different verses. And it was a message. It was an amazing message, and each one said just a little bit about what that verse meant to them. I mean, it was from Genesis to to Revelation. There was verses all in between. And, and that is what's going to make a difference in our world. Amen. When, when, listen, we're not, we're not saying that women and children are not important, but how many know that the man is supposed to be the head? He's supposed to lead. He's supposed to be in front. And we're all supposed to follow, and God intended it that way. And so I'm just thankful for a church where the men are, are holding their responsibility to the best of their ability. Can we give them another hand this morning, amen, for the decisions that they're making? There was a thing that said my father used to play with my brother and I in the yard. And mom would come out and say, y'all are messing up the grass. And dad responded back to mom and said, it's okay, we're not growing grass, we're growing men. Yeah. Amen. We're raising these men. And then I got to tell my favorite Father's Day joke. I don't know if I said it last year, but it doesn't matter, it's still good. This 15-year-old uh, boy was getting his permit to drive. And he said, dad, I've got my permit now, what, you know, what about using the car? And so dad says, let me make you a deal. He says, I want you to get your grades up. And I want you to start studying the word a little bit. And I want you to cut your hair. 
So a month went by, and son came back, and he said, Dad, let's revisit the car situation. You know, I want to drive. And the dad said, listen, son, I'm really proud of you. You have gotten your grades up. I've been watching you study the Bible, but you haven't cut your hair. And the boy says, well, speaking of that, I was reading in the Bible that, that Moses had long hair, and Samson had long hair, and even Jesus had long hair. And so he thought he was getting over on dad, and dad said, you know what, son, that's true. But did you also notice that they all walked everywhere they went? Amen. Got to be a father first and then a friend. Amen. Well, I want to talk this morning about the amazing love of father. And I want to start off with the verse that we don't think a lot, a lot of times is that father. It says, for God, the father, so loved the world that he gave. How many know we got a God who's a giver? He is a giver this morning. By the time this is over, I want you to be more in love with the Father. Amen this morning. I want you to understand that no matter what's going on here on the earth, we've got a perfect, great Father in heaven who doesn't fail, doesn't mess up, doesn't lie, and comes through on his promises. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. You know, when he gave his Son, we became able to be able to call God Father. Do you realize that this morning? If God doesn't send his son and Jesus doesn't die on the cross and he doesn't raise from the dead, we don't have the availability to have Father God. How many know he is Father God? But one of the things people don't understand is he's not Father God just because. He's Father God because Jesus came down as his son and died on the cross for our sins. And he becomes Father to us. We are adopted into the kingdom. And the Bible says we can call God Abba Father because we accept his son. Are you following me? If you don't accept the son, you can't have the father. Are you with me? Let me say that again. If you don't accept the Son, Jesus, you cannot have access to the Father. And there's actually a, a very erroneous belief and saying, it could even be a doctrine that goes on. You might have even said it yourself, not even thinking about it or not realized it. How many have ever heard somebody say, we're, just all, we're all just children, we're all the children of God? Anybody ever heard anybody say that about the world? We're all the children of God. And you might have said that yourself. That is not biblical truth. The Bible says that we are all God's creation. But unless you accept Christ as your Savior, you do not have God the Father. And so you're not a child of God until you put your faith in Jesus Christ. So this chapter, this verse, is super important for fatherhood. It says, For God the Father so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever... How many are thankful for the whoever this morning? How many whoever's do I have in this place? That's me, amen? The whoever would believe in him, in who? In Jesus. They would not perish, but they would have everlasting life. How many children of God do I have in here this morning? That means you are a believer in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of this world, amen? And that's how we have access to the Father. God gave his Son so we could call him Father. Listen to this, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold... What manner of love the Father bestowed on us. How many know that we're, we really can't grasp, and this is why we do these messages, how much God loves us? You know how hard it is for us to grasp His love? Because we've never seen love like this. And He's trying to explain it to us. And, and there's, there's been that old saying, you know how much God loves us? He loves us this much. 
not just putting my hand out for size. I'm talking about the cross. Took those nails in his hands. That we should be called children of God. Therefore, the, watch this. This is exactly what I'm talking about. The world does not know us because it did not know him. So, so this is a little bit of a, of, a, of, a, of a deal breaker here because a lot of people in different religions, they want to say that we all serve the same God and we all have the same Father. But that verse tells us and the Scripture tells us if we don't accept the Son, we can't have the Father. How many are with me? Give me a big amen if you know what I'm, what I'm saying this morning. Now write this down if you're taking notes. God leaves the 99 and goes after the one. How many ones do I have in here this morning? Let me see your hand. How many remember that you were the one? Maybe you're here this morning and you're the one he's going after right now. He's still after you. You have not given your life to the Lord. You have not surrendered and, and found out how amazing it is to serve God. Does anybody in here, can anybody agree with me that there's no better thing to do in the world than to serve God? Than to live for the Lord, to be a part of the kingdom of God. There's no greater thing you can do. But he leaves the 99 to go after the one. Now I want you to go to Luke chapter 15. And we're going to look at a story here. This is the only place we're going to go this morning. I want to break down a story that's a powerful, amazing story in the Bible about the prodigal son. I mean, amen, if you've heard this story. The prodigal son. Now, as we look at this, a lot of times, and myself included, I've preached on this message a lot of times, and I've, t and I've gone more from the angle of the son. This morning, I want to really focus on the father. I want to focus on the characteristics of God, and I want this to be something that is either going to cause you to love Jesus more, love God more, or it's, and or it's going to cause you to come to the father, if you don't know him this morning. So we're going to start off in verse 11. Let's pray real quick. Father, anoint your word this morning. Anoint the ears to hear here in the sanctuary, online, on the podcast. Lord, today we ask your word to come forth in power. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be a father and also to have a father that is in heaven that is amazing and, and unexplainable and supernatural. That the creator of the universe would call me son is amazing. And Lord, I bless you and I bless your word and I ask you to anoint the words out of my mouth that there would be fruit from this that would remain. And devil, you are defeated by the blood of Jesus and you have no power and no authority to confuse or cancel out God's word. And I declare the anointing to move in this place with signs and wonders. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shout it. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, and I want you to leave this up here for a second. Give, the give me the portions of goods that fall to me. This is very important because this is a picture of free will. If you're in here this morning and you say, I do what I want, I make my own decisions, you're absolutely right. We all make our own decisions. But we're all going to lay in the bed we make. Okay, Amen. We have, it's the greatest gift ever is free will. Meaning, God is not standing over you like a puppet. How many remember those puppets in Mexico with the little strings attached? I remember going across the border at a young age to Nogales, Arizona from Tucson. And I would always buy these little titeres, puppets that would have the strings attached. And you can make the guy move his feet and his, and his hands. A lot of people think that that's how God is with us. That he's just making us do everything. How many know that's not the truth? 
We have our free will. We have choice. The Bible says in Exodus, I've placed before you today life and death. And he says, choose life. We have a choice. And so this young man has a father, and obviously he has goods because he's asking him if he wants what's, what's his. This is a monetary example, but I want you to look more at the spiritual example this morning than the monetary. You will see in this story that this man had servants. You will see in this story that they had a lot of land. You'll see in this story that there was a great financial uh, uh, abundance there. And that's fine, but I want you to focus more on the spiritual. Although God does call us men and women to leave an inheritance to our kids. The Bible says that. But the greater inheritance to our kids is not monetary. It is spiritual. How many know the greatest is inheritance? How many know today across this world there are millions of people that are dying and leaving an inheritance of sometimes great amounts of money to people? but has no implications on their spiritual life. And, and those people that leave it, if they don't know Jesus Christ, are going to leave all that possession and go into hell. What does it profit, the Bible says, or uh, what does it uh, profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And so the best thing you can do this morning, men and fathers and women in this church, is leave an inheritance, a spiritual inheritance, to your kids. But there is an inheritance happening in this story, and this man says, I want what, what I want now, I want my part now, and so he expresses free will, and the Father does exactly what God does with us. Okay, you choose what you want, I'll give you what you want, and you take what, I get, what, what you want to do, and you're going to deal with the consequences. So it says, so he divided to them. This was interesting. How many have read the Bible quite a few times and gone back to look at a story, and you see something different? I've preached this story many, many times over the years and never noticed that God gave the inheritance to both sons. Even though the other one didn't ask for it. Which that could kind of be a message in itself. Sometimes, you know, when we make a decision, it affects other people. So the other son, even though he wasn't asking for it, he got his too. It says he gave to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country. He says, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to go do my own thing. And there, listen to this, it says he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Now the prodigal word means this, spending money reckless, recklessly or wastefully. So he took that money from his dad and he began to spend it lavishly on all kinds of crazy things. He began to party and live it up and have fun. And I was reading this yesterday, and I was thinking to myself, how many of us waste lavishly the grace of God? How many of us spend the grace of God freely? Oh, it got quiet in here. Amen. We do that with the grace of God sometimes. How many know that grace of God is not to be used to be spent lavishly? Grace of God is to, to for us when we need it, when we fail and make a mistake to pick us up. Amen. It's not something we just pull out and spend because that grace cost Jesus his life. Amen. We are saved by grace. And so it says, how, how, then it says, when, the, when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land and he began to be in want. It's interesting as you see this story that no matter what we try to fill our lives with outside of Jesus, we're always going to be in want. Have you noticed that? Can you remember back before you gave your life to the Lord? No matter what you had, you weren't happy. 
The only thing that's going to fill your void this morning, mother and father, teenager, is Jesus. He's the only one that satisfies. Amen? The Bible says he's like living water. And when you drink of his water, you'll never thirst again. So he had spent everything and he began to be in want. And then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. So this man has gone from riches to rags. And now he's got to go get a job because he's too prideful to go home. As a matter of fact, he thinks he doesn't have a home to go to. And so he goes out and starts to work, and the job he gets is to feed pigs. And this is, this is rock bottom. How many know God needs to let us get to rock bottom sometimes? And he would gladly, verse 16, have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. He couldn't even get pigs food. This is a man who's coming from riches and servants and wealth, and he has decided to leave the Father's covering and go do his own thing. Church, when you get outside of the will of God and you ignore God's conviction on your life and you do your own thing, Satan is going to come into the picture. And he's going to take you a lot further than you want to go. He's going to keep you longer than you want to stay. He's going to take everything you have. And a matter of fact, his final purpose is to kill you. Steal and destroy. That's what happens when you get out of the covering of the Father. But God's love is amazing. Look at somebody next to you and say, God's love is amazing. So God's working on him. The Father's spirit is working on him. And it says, but when he came to himself. I remember the day and the hour and the place that I came to myself. Does anybody remember when you came to yourself? That day that you said, I'm done running. That day that you said, I'm, I'm done living in the pig swine. That day, the pig stall. That day you said, I'm tired of being miserable. I'm going to give my life back to God. I'm going to give him my heart. I'm going to serve him the rest of the days. I remember that day like it was yesterday. If you don't remember that day, then make today the day that you get saved so you can remember the date that Jesus changed your life. Amen came in and transformed you and turned your life around. And it says, he came to himself. In other words, he came to his senses. And he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, bread enough and to spare, and here I am perishing with hunger. I will arise and I will go to my father. And I will say to him. Now right here we see this man coming to a place of repentance. He begins to realize, what in the world have I done? Why am I in a pig stall when I could go home and be with my dad and my brother and I have everything that I need? But he realizes that he, he made a wrong choice. And this is where a lot of people are today. They think they've messed up too, too bad. They think they've gone too far. They think father won't take them back. But I want to tell you something. We have a father that has a lot of love. We have a Father that loves us when we can't love. You know what we need to pray for this morning? We need to pray for the love of the Father. Because we don't have it. I don't have it a lot of times as a person. I don't have the love that God has. I want to have the love that God has. But I mean, no, we fall short on that. We, we understand that God is a God of wrath. We understand He's a God of punishment. We understand He's a God of justice. But you know what? He is a God of love. 
And his love is unexplainable. And sometimes we can't fathom it. And so this son is thinking, I can't go back there because he's going to punish me. That's our thought. I can't go back there because they're not going to open the doors up to me again. I can't go back there because they're going to ridicule me. I can't go back there. How many people have backslidden from this church and gone out into the world and, they're, and, they're, and God's dealing with them right now and they're in their place of misery, but they're not coming back because they're afraid the church isn't going to receive them back or the church is going to judge them or God's not going to take them back. How many know that God is going after the, leaving the 99 to go after the one? You're the one this morning. If you're the one, you need to come home. Because God loves you. The doors are open. So he begins to think, here's what I'll say. If I could just say the right words, if I could just say the right prayer, God would have, my father would have me back. And so he begins to recite. Look at what it says here. He says, I will go and say, Father, I have sinned. Now, how many know it's good to be honest and it's good to confess? That's good. But he says, I've sinned before heaven and before you. How many, so he makes this plan up. And he says, I am no longer worthy. Now, how many realize we're not worthy this morning? We're not worthy. That's true. That's a good attitude to have. I'm not worthy. But God is worthy. He's a great God. Matter of fact, on your best day, it's not enough. On your own merit. We don't come to God in our strength. We come to God in his grace. Amen. We come to God because he's worthy, not because we're worthy. So he says, I'm going to go back. I'm going to say, God, Father, forgive me. I'm not worthy. Would you just make me like one of your servants? And I love this next verse. And when he arose and he came to his father, it says, but when he was still a great way off. Church, before you ever come back to God, he's waiting for you. He's waiting right now. He's, he's hoping that you'll come home. He's hoping that you'll embrace him. He's hoping that you'll, you'll put your faith in him this morning. So before he ever gets to him, it says, While he was a great way off, way out in the field, his father saw him. And how many know that God recognizes us even in our sin? This man was probably skinny and stinky, stanky, amen? stinky and skanky and skinny skinny and all the other words amen and he was he was dirty and he probably was not recognizable how many know he wasn't coming back with good clothes on but his father recognized him god sees you at your worst and still loves you while we were still sinners Christ died for the ungodly is anybody thankful that god didn't try to get you all fixed up before he let you in is anybody thankful that you can come to Jesus no matter how you are this morning, no matter how you smell, no matter how you act, no matter how you look, the arms of the Father are wide open. And he's looking at him, and it says, his father saw him and had compassion. Now I want you to think about this. Have you ever seen anywhere in the Bible where God runs? Here's a story right here where the Bible says the father runs to him. He didn't sit back, get on his chair on the porch, and say, I'm going to make this kid pay. He didn't start thinking, when he gets back here, here's what I'm going to do to him. Here's, the, here's all the chores he's got to do, and here's how I'm going to make him. Because don't we do that? We're all guilty of that. Don't we do that? Here's what we've got to do to make sure that they understand how bad they've messed up. Hello? That's what we do. I do. We all do that. We start thinking, okay, they're back. Praise the Lord. But let's see how we can make them make sure they know they messed up. 
Let's make sure that they put the scarlet letter on their head. Let's make sure that everybody knows they're a backslider. What is, the, is that what the father's doing? He runs to him, falls on his neck, and kisses him. And then watch this. And then the son says, now he says, even after the father has embraced him, he starts to do his little speech. The one he practiced, Lord, I've sinned against you. And, 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 and in your sight, I know I've messed up. And I'm no longer, and so he's, he's saying all this, which is good. It's good to confess. But watch what happens. He says all this, I'm no longer worthy to be your servant, but the father. So while he's doing his speech, the father is calling the servants. Hey, servants, uh, get the robe. Hey, get the ring. Hey, go get the fat. He's not even listening to the kid with his, with his speech. Because here's the thing, church. It's not so much the words that you speak. It's the actions that you make. Did y'all catch that? When, when did this man become reconciled with the father? When he got up out of the pigsty and said, I'm going home to be with dad. It wasn't the words that he spoke. See, lots of people speak the right words, but their hearts don't change. This man was repentive, and the father knew he was repentive, and the father knew he had made a choice just like God knows. We think he's not around, he's not watching, but he sees our choices. And as soon as we make that decision to say, Jesus, I'm going to give my life to you, and we, and we begin to get, fo- get up and go forward to the altar, he's already forgiven us. He's already redeemed us. He's already working on the, the welcome home party. Amen. He's already working on a future of what we're going to be. Not what we used to be. And he's not even listening to his speech because he doesn't need it because the father is worried about making sure he knows he's forgiven. Amazing love of the father. But the father said, bring those robes out. And then verse 24, watch this. For this my son was dead. How many used to be dead? And is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. I want to ask the musicians to come if you would. It says, we're going to finish reading here. It says his older son was in the field. And he came and drew near to the house and he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and said, what's going on? What does this mean? And he said, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Let me speak to the Christians here. We got, we got to be careful that we don't, we don't get angry when somebody comes back to the Lord. It's funny how a lot of times we pray for somebody, but then they come back. We don't, we don't welcome with open arms. Amen. He, this brother's mad. He's, he's, he's uh, why, why are we kill, fill, killing the fatted calf? My brother went and took the, see what we, we're so good at churches, we're so good at looking what other people do and not worrying about ourselves. Oh, that's a good place to say amen. I'm reading from the Bible here, church. He's mad, he's angry, he's upset. And he says he went and wasted everything that was given to him. What's the difference between us and him? We did the same thing. We do the same thing. We, we can't not compare our sins to each other. We need to look at Christ and compare our lives to Jesus. And we need to try to seek after Him and walk after Him. He's our example. We, praise God if we got someone around us who's living the right way. But we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because when you put your eyes too much around the people around you, you get off. 
this brother was mad. He went and wasted all his stuff. And he says, I've been serving you all these years. I've never transgressed your commandment at any time. You never gave me a young goat that I may make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours comes, who has devoured your livelihood and harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. He said, son, you've always been with me. And everything that I have is yours. He says, this son was dead. But now he's alive again. Amen? Church, you know what we need to realize? We need to realize that that one that Jesus is going after, if he goes after him, he's worthy. If he goes after that one, if he says he's okay, he's okay. And here's the last thing I want you to think about. You might be like that brother and you might say, man, I've been serving God my whole life. I've never done this, I've never done that, I've never done this and the other. Great. That's the best testimony there is. And you will be rewarded in heaven for it. God keeps good books. But there's some people who've made some big mistakes. And we need to be people who are willing to bring them back and embrace them. Because that's the amazing love of our Father. Amen? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this place? Love we can't even comprehend. Whenever we feel like somebody else has made more mistakes than us is when we need to humble ourselves and say, God, I'm not worthy either. I'm no more worthy of your salvation than anybody else. We can get frustrated. We can, we can get, uh, get bent out of shape because we don't understand why people make bad choices. But God, we made bad choices too. It's only by your grace that we're able to be here today. But we can make the right decisions. We can turn our lives around. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 3 that God comes, Jesus comes and knocks on the doors of our hearts. And he says, let me in so that we can dine together. I'll come in and sup with you and you can sup with me. He basically says, let, let, I want to have a relationship with you. It's not about going to a church, checking the box off and saying I went. It's about a relationship with Jesus. If in, this, if in this place or online this morning you have never accepted that relationship if you hear the door knocking and Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart and you haven't let him in you can't be a child of the king he can't have your you can't be he can't be your father unless you accept Jesus Jesus said I'm the way the truth and the life no one goes to the father except through me how many all across this place with honest hearts want the love of the Father this morning. You want to accept that love that's been bestowed upon you. You want to be saved today. You want to put your faith in that Father who has amazing love that will forgive any sin you've done. Because the Bible says when you repent, your sins are, are, are as far away as the east is from the west. How many would say, Pastor, would you pray the salvation prayer with me this morning? Just put your hand up. Put it right back down. I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? all across this place amen God bless you how many more I need Jesus to come into my life today you're watching online this morning I want you to know that Jesus loves you he's got his arms wide open for you this morning there's nothing that you've done that he will not forgive if you come and just confess it say Lord I'm I've made a mistake and humble yourself before the Lord he'll receive you back to him I want us to stand to our feet this morning if you would how many in this place Maybe you've known the Lord at some point in your life 
And today you're like the prodigal son. You've been wasting time. You've been wasting resources. You've been frivolously spending the grace of God. And today you need to come home. You need to come back to your first love. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, how many can say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me this morning. I need to come home. I need to get right with God. I need to put things in order this morning. Amen. You're the one who has to make that decision. Listen, you have free will. You have free will. It's your choice. God says, I give it to you, but you've got to understand that the choices that we make have consequences. But when you make a choice to put God first, the consequences are great. They're amazing. They're love. They're peace. There's joy. There's comfort. There's healing when you put your hands in the hands of the Father. I want to ask us to say a prayer this morning all across this place. If you raised your hand and you meant that and you want to make a public confession of your faith, I'm going to give you just a few moments to step out of that seat to the nearest aisle and just come right up here and stand. I'm, no one's looking around. We're just going to pray. But if you meant that this morning, I want you just to step out and come down to this altar. We're going to pray for you this morning. I want to wait just a moment. Several hands went up. I can't make you come. But you made the decision to raise your hand. You come and you make a decision this morning to say a prayer from your heart. Those that are watching online, you'll have that chance this morning. Amen. Come on, let's make let's clap like something's happening in the spiritual realm. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. On the online, on the podcast here in this place, would you lift your voice with me and say this with me, Lord Jesus? You're a good God. You're a great Father. I want to be your child. But I know in my heart that I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. I know I fall short of your glory. I'm not worthy in my own merit. But I believe that you died on the cross. And died a painful death. A shameful death and shed your blood for my sins and then you rose from the dead and conquered death Jesus please forgive me for all of my sins known and unknown I confess them to you and I ask you to wash me clean with your precious blood in Jesus name thank you Father write my name in the Lamb's book of life Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.